Ahoy there, and welcome to the last episode of season one of Faded Breaks, the original cannabis and anime parentheses nerd media experience. I am your host, Elaine the Muse, Madam Ether, Madam versus Muse, Chief Executive Muse, creative producer, and most importantly, illustrator of my art and content studio that sponsors this podcast. Today's episode is wrapping. Yeah, it's just a big, it's a wrap up and just touching on the truest value of entertainment and the value of fantasy and just going down the list of all the great shows that, um, I'm still watching and starting to watch recently finished got on the to watch list and yeah I'm looking forward to sharing this with you I'm also going into yeah, I think this is an ample a good point so I am also going on a cannabis tolerance break I talked about that on a previous episode and leaning more into CBD and CBD products. So, yeah, not sure what I'll be discussing for cannabis just yet. So I will start with the anime half. We're just going to switch it up for this last episode because I need to think on that. And I record this on the fly. No script. I do plan it out, but yeah, the cannabis segment is, is, is what it is. So I plan to be smoking again the week that the season two comes back, which will be Monday, March 7th, 2022. But until then, I will be holding the live discussions on Twitter every week. And I just need the time to, you know, start recording some more episodes and get the promo to really push the podcast so that we have some more divine weebs with us in our community but yeah kick back have a smoke have a drink do whatever you do baby and thanks for tuning in faded lane is the elite solo powered illustration studio Helping cannabis brands forge timeless creative solutions that sell, particularly with illustration. As the host of Faded Breaks, naturally, I'm going to push my own shit. (laughs) And it may be a benefit to you, but a benefit to someone that you know and value. So my business, I specialize in illustration services and somewhat as a subsidiary or supplement supporting aspect to that also creative direction as a creative producer creative direction production and consulting specifically with developing creative campaigns whether it's narrowing down your brand story baking in elements of brand lore which is my visualized concept for developing out your brain into a world and 
you know, visualize that. Let's play with some escapism. Whether that is getting packaging, package art on your packages or other forms of products as well as merchandise or apparel designs, illustration designs, potentially a mural using the basics of either my more fantastical style or a more toned down style where I use visual noting or sketch noting which is visualizing information, which is essential for content, especially if you create an ongoing series that your audience looks forward to. And you can turn that into merchandise or digital products or NFTs, all things that we can work on, not just from my experience as an artist, but as a business professional who wants to see you thrive as I thrive, because this is a win-win situation. So if that has gotten you going, head on to the show notes, go to fadelane.com, follow me on Instagram, fadelane, or Twitter, at Muse. And I look forward to seeing you there. Be sure to, if you're curious, want to get more involved before you reach out, or just get a taste for what I produce, check out the Forged by Faded podcast updates daily-ish and there's also the art biz and chill newsletter that goes out every first third and fifth friday i'll see you there okay all right we are in the extra fun weedy section for you divine weebs of weed who have lasted this long in this episode and if you're new welcome you have earned the title as an honorary divine weeb of weed for faded breaks that is the former name of the podcast group or whatever i'm sticking with it but anyway um so i am going on a tolerance break my thing is i am figuring out if i'm going to wait until March 7th when season two episode comes out or I'm just going to chill for like a week. Um, I guess as I, as I touched on a previous episode about tolerance break, it's just when my moods aren't right, things aren't right completely with me. It's just like the cannabis. I just be going overboard and I don't like that shit. So I was like, I'm reevaluating and changing up my habits so that I am continuing to get the medicinal benefits. It's just, it sends me over a certain edge. My tolerance goes up. I start smoking more or it's just like the strain that came out. So yeah, this is, is this a prime time to cover this? (laughs) <laughs> it's awful. I don't even know my own shit. Uh, but, you know, it's the weed affecting my memory. You know, it all comes together. So, again, the tolerance break. But I recently picked up Orange Grove from Evermore Cannabis. And I picked up two eighths of it. So, I got a quarter because it was on sale for 31%. Which is the MSRP, the going price for it, without discounts, I think is like, 50 or 55 dollars um and i'm used to shopping like i shop cheap for weed but then it was also 23 i think it was like 23 percent thc 
which is a lot for me. Um, like I wasn't smoking joints or anything. I was just putting it in the bowl of my bong. And now I'm kind of like wondering. Yeah, I did have that shit disappear. Like I had a bowl <laughs> that because I didn't have like the strain or whatever blocking my bathroom sink when I was cleaning my cannabis paraphernalia and my tools the fucking bowl just dropped down the sink and it's gone forever but I think I just need a smaller bowl it's just micro dosing or just having small doses just works for me and that's what I'm reworking myself to get back into because that's how I was consumed when I first started like I had collections of pre-rolls because I was basically buying pre-rolls because they were on the cheap ish but I had like a uh, vaporizer or I had like a dry herb vaporizer and it was just a very small chamber so I only end up putting maybe like a third of a like full gram pre-roll so like between 0.1 and 0.3 grams of weed I was consuming per like session throughout the day and you know I was functional I was still like getting by getting work done um able to like meditate and whatnot but it's like with anything you can OD and ODing doesn't mean that like you're gonna die or but it is like it has negative effects and then it starts to get to a point where it's like you know I'm grinding a bowl for my bong the first night that I took a hit of the orange grove it was like a corner of it and I was good but then it's like then I just have the weed sitting in the bowl which it degrades and if I'm playing high quality for weed I don't want my shit sitting out so yeah just taking the tolerance break you know kind of do what I'm talking about right now like reevaluating my relationship and my habits with cannabis you know I've just been mainly focused, I guess, on individuation and just figuring things out for myself before going to professionals and whatnot. Because it's like, I know I'm not going to overdo it to like kill myself or anything like that. It's just personally, I'm tired of people telling me what the fuck to do. And I know they're professionals, yada, yada, yada. You can do your own research, etc. It's just that's my thing. It's like I want to figure things out for myself and make decisions for myself. fuck and um just uh yeah it's like it hits this like my a corner of my throat just got like really dry another reason why i'm taking a break from smoking cannabis and just taking a break is to just balance out the negative effects and to really evaluate what those effects are, how I can mitigate them, and just do better on a wellness lifestyle level. That said, so I'm on the fence on if I'm waiting a week or I'm just going to wait the full three weeks because I am, I mean, it's kind of also, it's like I'm not, it's like I'm not completely done with cannabis. I mean that as far as like, when it comes to CBD, like CBD outside of dispensaries or potentially the CBD in dispensaries, it comes from hemp flour, but it's still cannabis. The only like the government defined hemp flour as having less than 0.3% THC, which 
that can be increased up to 1% THC, you know, dispensary CBD flour or dispensary CBD products are mainly their CBD dominant, but they have more than 0.3% THC. So it's not hemp, it's from cannabis. But, you know, I'm leaning more towards, or I'm leaning away from Delta 8, no, Delta 9 THC. And that to say, that confusion to say, like, I'm just considering if I'm taking a longer break, just so that I can then explore different cannabinoids and different delta tetrahedrocannabidiol. I probably fucked that up. Um, the long name of THC. But, you know, there's Delta 8. I've had Delta 8 products. They work for me because, like I said, I consume, I don't need a lot. <laughs> I really don't need a lot. And I... I'm a penny pincher and I'm cool with that. So if I can buy an eighth and it lasts me three weeks, maybe a month and I keep it in great condition or yeah, some people, Oh, they be smoking like a fucking ounce in a week. And I'm like, bruh, that's too. That is. Wow. I was recording video and ran out of space. Anyway. Um, yeah, just that element of uh, lost my train of thought. Yeah, so I have a low tolerance. I have a low tolerance, mid tolerance, but I'm not one of the people who be down in ounces like that because I don't need that. Like, and it's like at the end of the day, I am not a pain patient or I'm not. My issues aren't to the point that I would need that much where I needed to function day to day to a high level that naturally, if I'm consuming a lot, my tolerance is going to be higher, which means a higher bill. There's other shit I want to pay for. <laughs> so just staying within that range and learning to work with this is just like it's a part of my lifestyle, but it's a new expense for me in my life up until this point. You know, you have groceries, you have bills and whatnot. And given inflation, those are going up. But when it comes to cannabis, it's like, okay, this is like another grocery. It's a wellness bill. So I just want to keep it low. And, you know, the fuck shit of it still being illegal to grow in Maryland and D.C. and Virginia allow home grow is really like the fuck shit. I still want to go to a dispensary, but to offset everything I'd like to also just grow. And that's just the nonsense of this whole thing that humans just like making bullshit for the sake of made up bullshit. In any case, the other cannabinoids I want to try is like I said, Delta eight. Some it has, I think like two thirds the potency as Delta nine THC, which is traditionally the THC everyone's familiar with. But there are other ones that have been synthesized. I have no issue having synthesized can cannabinoids or products. Of course, you want to check the manufacturers and their reputations, the COAs, the certificate of analysis. Those can be bullshitted. So it's like, of course, as with life, you got to do your own research. And, you know, getting references from friends, friends who have or people I know in the business who have product, making sure they're sourcing it properly and everything. But I want to try these synthesized, these semi-synthesized cannabinoids. They're synthesized from hemp flour and CBD. 
because these cannabinoids are present. It's just, they're not as prevalent, but they have varying effects and varying like, I mean, of course, medicinal effects as well as um, psychoactive effects. So Delta-8, like I said, is about two-thirds of the potency of THC. Some people don't fuck with it. They have no effects. I've only had one set of, like, Delta-8 gummies that I didn't have any effects with. So I was blown. I was just eating fucking gummies I paid $30 for. But... Yeah, it just keeps me balanced. And then some people are like, it's more sed- sedating compared to like Delta 10, which is another THC cannabinoid. I haven't tried that yet. I'm looking to. Um, I think it's basically like the mythical blah, blah, blah effects of indica versus sativa, whereas indicas are more sedative. Sativas are more uplifting and s- uh, stimulating that's what people are saying or the blogs i've read are saying the effects of delta 8 versus delta 10 then we get to thc delta zero i'm not sure that's correct it wasn't like i did because i've looked into it before and it's not called delta zero it's called thc zero or thc acetate which is said to have like I think maybe hallucinogenic (laughs) principles kind of like a psychedelic. So I'm again, curious about it. See how it helps me with, as I'm healing from generally generalized anxiety disorder that I think is also complex PTSD from unresolved childhood issues and just ongoing relational trauma from interacting with basic ass mortals in Baltimore. But I digress gotta get it how you live it and i want to get my lovely palms on that to see how it is and then there's hexahydrocannabinol which is hhc i have not gotten really into yeah i didn't fully research it i know it exists and it has certain effects and I'm curious. I am just a curious motherfucker. I like having my own experiences. Reading somebody else's bullshit ain't gonna tell me about me. About how I'm gonna experience it. Because I'm not a mortal. And I'm not like no other humans. I, there's only one me, motherfucker. And that's because... <laughs> my dad says Joe Donut over here had a certain experience. You know, we're consuming for different reasons. We have different intentions. So... That kind of just affects the effects. That aside, um, I am curious about San Pedro as a psychedelic. I'm considering, you know, that as an option. So definitely be talking about psychedelics in season two. I have had psilocybin mushrooms. I have had LSD or acid. And those... I guess because I'm not working with a mental health professional or like a mental health professional who is essentially like a guide to help with consuming psychedelics and working through the issues. They haven't fully resolved my issues, which, you know, is a possible effect, especially because FDA and the government is looking into psilocybin as a solution for PTSD for veterans Um, and you know, it also helps with 
it can potentially help with depression and anxiety to like such a strong degree but at the end of the day you gotta do the inner work you can't just consume and think you're magically gonna be healed so they've helped me have breakthroughs with my unresolved issues and me addressing those issues and really learning to let go or at least to see the truth and accept the truth that I knew but my environments affected me in ways that I've been pressed to have self-belief issues addressing that you know it's all uh holistic lifestyle and whatnot it's they aren't things that like i'm not interested in microdosing psychedelics or consuming them on a monthly or weekly basis like i was doing the psilocybin and lsd for like kind of quarterly like every three like three to six months i had a trip and I was journaling, I was on my own and just working through that because I had specific intentions for what I was consuming. And I haven't consumed with other people, which, you know, humans, we are a communal social animal. So I'm sure that could have positive effects as well. So definitely looking forward to talking about those. And um, yeah, I'll also add to the show notes. Um, some articles that I've written about psychedelics, if you're curious about that and just my personal journey. And if you're curious about how it goes with you, like I say, I'm looking into San Pedro. I'm curious about ayahuasca, maybe DMT. Those aren't all happening <laughs> for the next episode or the next season. And I don't know if I'll really get too much like it may be like later at other points throughout the year and like later seasons that I'll really get into my consumption and those experiences and recommendations and whatnot. I'm just a real nigga, so I've done it by myself. But if you not one of them niggas that can handle things by yourself, do not consume this shit by yourself. Like that is my only recommendation because (sighs) y'all niggas just be squishy it's not a bad thing it's just y'all niggas be squishy so make sure don't go hard if you know damn well by yourself that you you not about that life but yeah i will be highlighting um yeah the delta 8 products delta 10 thc oacetate hhc those products and highlighting the companies I'm buying them from and yeah if I get more into or depending on what happens with my THC relationship I'll share those products and talk about that as well and just I guess to offset it yeah I'm just trying to figure out how I'm gonna be handling my CBD consumption as far as like yeah I'm just figuring out if I, if I'm adding CBD, how I'm adding CBD into my day-to-day lifestyle and consumption and purchasing habits, um, if it's just going to be hemp-derived, cannabis-derived, in what ways, but that is a journey that uh, I'll be taking without you, but I'll report to you, and again, we will be having weekly discussions on... Uh, 
Twitter spaces and I may make it like a frequent throughout the week thing. It really just depends on my schedules, what happens with different projects. But yeah, that is that. Kanban is officially here to jam, baby, with the Indokanban.com. Don't forget the www in front of it, which is my cannabis art brand personifying the most talented of cannabis molecules as music entertainers, be it cannabinoids like Queen CBD to the zesty limonene of Terpy, the sub group of the band known for k-pop and r&b aesthetics you can represent your favorite molecule or molecules or the entire band with digital products like printable wall art wall calendars 18 months starting from july 2022 and merchandise such as masks gonna need them bitches aprons coasters backpacks and other miscellaneous things that will expand over the months to come if you would like to see the development of the visual note style be sure to look up faded lane my company that is the oversight and you can see development via your faded hour on my faded lane accounts See videos via Pinterest, the Indokanban Pinterest account, or follow me on TikTok at The Laniverse. Details, links, everything are in the show notes. And come enjoy the band. So, on to the anime section of the episode, doing it first. And this may be a a bit extensive because I'm touching on multiple things as it's a finale so there will be little segments in between but getting right into it so the overall theme for this is based on this YouTube channel called like stories of old I'll put the link in the description but distinctly the video that I'll be referencing is the fantasy of ultimate purpose how our entertainment reveals our deepest desire and basically it goes into and what I gather from is that media or especially with well, like anime video games all kinds of nerd media books and all that it's fantasy and I love that the creator or the youtuber goes into how And it aligns with why I love fantasy so much. And I just love these types of stories is because it's an inspiration to do and be better in real life. I mean, if you've watched or if you've listened to previous episodes where I'm fucking crying over imaginary characters and everything and some of the themes and just how it deeply moves me, it's just I don't. Like, when it comes to TV dramas, wow, one of my nails broke. Anyway, (laughs) just very not happy about that because I was growing it for quite some time. But um, anyway, I love fantasy. I enjoy dramas 
I may talk about like TV shows. Like I, I may do like a segment where I'm gonna do a fever dream. Yeah, I'm gonna do a fever dream on Insecure as a bonus to ending this season, and because this episode is not coming out on time, but. <laughs> fantasy and again anime nerd media and these kinds of things you know they can be dark but it's just when you explore these archetypes and just seeing these absolute extremes of humanity but at the same time it's not like fantasy is just a reflection of our reality and of humanity it's humans making it (laughs) it's humans referencing from their experiences and our observations and our experiences and hearing other people's stories that influences these things. And, you know, if you know anything about storytelling, there are themes, there's occasionally a goal that the creator is going for, multiple creators are going for. And yeah, I think that is reflected in a lot of shonen where yeah, folk get so obsessed about power-ups and this story and this character isn't well told when you haven't written anything in your fucking life. But <laughs> I digress. You haven't made anything significant. But by all means, inundate us with your underwhelming opinions. That aside, <laughs> it's just really cool. It's really cool to experience these kind of deep human conditions and explorations and finding out about different experiences and stories and sure they're made up worlds but again they're a reflection of a world that some of us may have experienced or have yet to experience like many anime fans want to go to japan and dream of going to japan or k-drama fans wanting to go to south korea and things like that and of course you're going to have your boring, cynical people. Don't listen to them. They're not healthy. <laughs> um, it's an opportunity to get a new experience. Being human is just experiencing things. And I just love that being better doesn't mean that you have to be the fucking hero. But I do think being better does include learning about new aspects of life where you grew up where you were born where you may have moved to when you were in college or somewhere else in your life it is still highly insignificant in the grand scheme of we are sharing an entire globe flat earthers be gone there's just so many different there's over 200 countries and multiple languages and just America or American storytelling is gonna is different from Japanese storytelling. It was just different from European or French storytelling or Yoruban storytelling or South African. It's just like there's just so much to take in and to be inspired by in your life. And for me, I think the main thing is like again, it's a reflection of humanity where you have to choose your own purpose. People say finding your purpose, but like the finding aspect is experiencing things, experimenting, exploring, going beyond what you know, so that, you know, you can return deep within to know what you came here to do, what your inclinations were when you were a kid, or your inclinations evolving with the constant changes of the world that we're in. 
So, yeah, it's I see it as helping you to choose your own purpose and to see what your options are. And for me, anime is just stunning. It's the storytelling, the characters, the visuals. It's absolutely stunning. And it's also very challenging because I want to be an anime director. I'm going to be an anime director and have my own studios. And it's something that I've feared for a long time because it is challenging to pour your all into developing skills to put before people who just have who may not receive it well or may not perform well in the market and may not reach enough people it's just there are those fears but to be aligned with something so great and to be a part of something great and to make that and to really like my thing is helping people to align with their souls and to help somebody do that or just to make someone feel such visceral emotions whether it's emotional damage or just the highest heights of a story is I don't think there's ever going to be anything else in my lifetime that'll make me feel so excited to be alive about and You know, that's why this podcast exists. That's why I do what I do. And I hope that's why you're here is because we, I don't feel like humans live short lives. Like being alive for like up to a hundred, over a hundred years is a really long fucking time, especially when some young motherfuckers are miserable or when you're happy, it's just like, there's so much more to explore. So yeah. That's how I feel about anime. Again, go check out Like Stories of Old. That channel is just really dope as well. Um, I've been putting off watching it because some of the, some of the uh, videos get above 20 minutes and into an hour and whatnot. But as I'm focusing more on developing as a storyteller and visual storyteller, like if you value those things or you're just curious because he talks about a lot of like media and a variety of different stories um check it out like i said putting the link in the show notes for you to explore that or you can look it up on your youtube and yeah let's get the show on the road talking about or just wrapping up anime that i've watched i'm watching i want to watch and i think you know you might want to check out too All right, now, getting into, I guess, anime of this, uh, the winter season that I've been watching and that I've recently ended. Of course, we're in Shonen Town with Platinum N is still going. I believe that ends March 8th. No, the week of March 7th, I think, because it comes out on Fridays. Attack on Titan is still going. The rumbling has happened. Um, I haven't looked up the date for when that will be wrapping up. But we've just kicked off the uh, or the rumbling. <laughs> the major event in the final season. So that has just 
kicked off so it's going to be a while and then demon slayer season two the entertainment district arced ended yesterday on february 13th and um i don't know why i was caught off guard that was the last episode but fuck let's just get into it so now we're just gonna work backwards demon slayer season two was phenomenal it is phenomenal there are like some cheesy you know you could say mary c moments because nezuko was just overpowered and these 14 15 year old boys no i had the dragon ball z moments of just screaming <laughs> the second to last episode but definitely like everybody be feeling usui tengen the sound hashida the god of flashiness who or festivities and flashiness with his three wives he made it through this episode but or this season but um not gonna ruin that but the villains this season i ended up of course being my my doe girl self and had me a good cry or a little angry cry because the two villains Daki and Gutado who are upper six members or upper six demons they're siblings and this weekend was also like the ninth uh no not ninth eighth it's between seven and nine years since my older brother died so it's been nine years and because of the sibling aspect with tanjiro and nezuko and then daki or or daki and gyutaro i was like man that nigga went and died and left me behind bah but you know it'd be like that sometimes yeah it was very emotional um great it was just it was just a great season because i don't as it's hit or miss where i'm not like i'm not trying to get into spoilers unless i'm deliberately saying i'm getting into spoilers but it was just a great episode ufo table ufo table i don't know how it's pronounced they're amazing um they might be because I'd read like some comics and what comments and whatnot on Twitter and like the comments on Verve or Crunchyroll. And yeah, UFO Table may be the best anime studio that handles CGI because a lot of Demon Slayer is actually CG and you can kind of tell, but it's like I guess they do a TD. 2d wow 2d skin or whatnot over it so it just looks more like 2d animation but just the angles and the color like that's the best one of the best things about um demon slayer is just it's extremely colorful because i mean i guess that's just a part of japanese culture and society is because they have pat like the kimonos are patterned the commas and the clothes are patterned and because it's in the entertainment district or the red light district beauty is very important which i think they also emphasize as a theme and just in 
encapsulated that in the visuals of the show is the value of beauty. So it definitely was just stunning to look at. And I don't know. Of course, I, I also ended up crying <laughs> because <laughs> the boys, Tanjiro, Zenitsu, and Inosuke, they all were just, <laughs> they all just got in a group huddle to cry because they're like, nigga, we made it. We survived that shit. It's like, yo, they are, they are 15 year olds. They're 15 year old boys. And that's, at the end of the day, that's always the lack of self-awareness that I see with, of course, it's cisgendered male, heterosexual <laughs> anime fans because they're the most loudest most obnoxious so of course everybody has to pay attention to those babies because mommy clearly didn't do enough for them but um people be bitching or they be bitching about like what 15 year old boys they should be tougher and it's like nigga you could not handle any of this like shut up so I just like those elements that shown in again, they're young teenage boys or pre-adolescent boys. So I think it's okay for them to express emotions, learn, like go to therapy and learn how to feel things and stop taking pride in saying you haven't cried since you were 10 years old. This, this is like a very abrasive mental health episode as well, because I'm also just tired of the fuck shit with the pandemic and people and their feelings like get some goddamn help stop being a bitch to people oh my god love these doughboys love the feelings get out of your unhealthiness share this with non-cisgender heterosexual males because they're boring and underwhelming as anime fans they're just loud but they're not very intelligent in what they have to share nor are they very uh welcoming they're just a uh, bunch of moles just rabid moles so tuning them out and diving back into this encapsulation demon slayer i give that 10 out of 10 excellent season finale next up is tag on titan at least because Demon Slayer comes out, came out on Sundays as well as Attack on Titan. So at least I still have Attack on Sundays. I love Attack on Sundays. And yeah, this season, of course, is going strong. Last week's episode, when you find out and like go through Aaron's dad, Grisha, his memories with his brother Zeke. And we get to see what Aaron's true mission and what drives him. I'm, of course, Mafa is is animating this. And they're doing a stellar job, especially when it comes to capturing the essence of those manga pages. Because I'm a manga reader, so I've already read the story. The manga's over. But, ooh, goddamn. That... I'm sure they're going to top it before the end of this season. But that episode was the best episode of the entire series of Attack on Titan. Emotionally driven, just the visuals, the emotional tension that was just 
displayed and then just seeing and experiencing for yourself the horror of Aaron Yeager becoming a monster or being a monster or getting the feeling that or really his choices are monstrous. It's horrifying. And coming from not standing this character at the very beginning along with a lot of people and then yams. I've learned that people call Isayama Hajime the creator of Attack on Titan Yams. So I will be doing that as well. Yams. Uh, that motherfucker knows how to tie this shit. And it's, he has known the story since the beginning. Everything connects in every single fucking episode. Like even this last episode where it introduces one of the characters' fathers that I don't think we've really seen before. And then the character shows up at the end of the episode and it's just like, yo, like, I forgot that that happened in the manga, but I'm like, yo, this is so wild. It's so wild. I love this shit. So definitely, if you're not watching Attack on Titan, one of my friends, he said he's going to just wait for the season to be over to just watch it all. I'd say that'd be great as well. Again, um, or... I don't even know about that because it depends on how much emotional damage, emotional damage you can handle. Because, again, Margarita, it's, it's only down from here emotionally, <laughs> but it's going to just go up from here story-wise, and I'm just hella excited for that shit. So, definitely gonna be talking about that or do, like, a catch-up. I don't yeah, I'm just going to do like a wrap up or whatever when uh, the next episode comes out of Faded Breaks on March 7th. But yeah, Tag on Titan. So good. Saw these niggas on my fucking um, Facebook trying to talk shit because they old his. And I was like, bitch, shut up. You just old and miserable. Like at some point you got to let that. The past is gone, nigga. There's lots of great stuff that's coming out now. Can't keep... In my day of anime. Okay, nigga, like, go die. Just go die because you don't want to enjoy anything new. God. But, um, next up is Platinum N. I guess. Yeah, I'm invested. It's. It's still absurd. It's still absurd. I don't. I guess one of the episodes was a little emotional. But it's still just like, oh, this shit is so hokey. Uh, Whatever. (laughs) But, um, yeah, that's just my outlook on Platinum. And shit's building up. I'd already, if there's a show that I don't care that much about knowing the endings and whatnot, or I'm not fully invested in just being surprised, I will, uh, just go to the fan wiki and read the shit and I might just read the ending which I've done for Platinum End so well, I also did for Demon Slayer I, I just know I'm gonna forget the things and it's a different experience when you watch it so it is what it is but yeah just knowing the ending of Platinum End and then just seeing how it's being set up in this second season or the second half of the show is It's just, um, it's just cool to see. It's very cool to see. 
I do have like two friends, like a friend and his girlfriend. I decided to introduce it to them and we're really got them really invested, so I'm gonna be rewatching it with them, but it the dubbed version. So I may be able to give some insight on that experience and touch on that in the next episode for season two of Faded Breaks. But um that's really all I have to say. I don't really want to get into the intricacies of Platinum End because it's not like, um, I don't know. It's just, it, I'm not that invested where I'm like really excited about anything that's happened in any of these episodes. It's just, yeah, I'm watching it for amusement and so yeah, just see the fuckery. But that is that for the segment on current winter anime that I've been deeply invested in and caught up on and have finished. So next segment is what I'm currently reading manga-wise and shows I've recently started. Okay, let's get into what I am watching what I have not finished watching, some of this stuff has been on my watch list for <laughs> over a year. It's just, I started watching some of these shows and they just didn't, if a show grips me, I'll finish it. I'll binge that shit. But if it's just going in stride, I still want to get into it. But, you know, it is what it is. So, anyway... It's like I have things that are kind of like on standby that I plan to finish. And there's stuff that I just be starting. But I get invested. So the list I have right now. As you know from the last Fever Dream episode. Episode B. I binge watch Kakegurui. Which I found to be very inspiring for my life in entrepreneurship. Freelancing and entering investing the crypto space and nfts because like life in general is just a gamble and people hate that shit when you're just like there's no security blankets like even if you have like a nine to five as the pandemic has shown that shit can just disappear bitch (laughs) so you know i don't know i'm really gonna get i'm kind of getting to like life lessons just to go off of the theme of you know fantasy the ultimate purpose of fantasy. Um, but yeah, Kagegurui, Yumeko is my shit. I'm definitely like to, cause I'm embodying. Yeah. I'm like a, I'm an anime character. I like to embody characters and people that inspire me and represent the parts of myself that I want to develop. So the main character, Jabami Yumeko, she wears like a ring. It, she wears a ring on her left thumb, I think, or is her right thumb. Either way, I'm getting a ring to wear on my thumb. So there's that, just to carry that with me. And yeah, it's just a wild ride of a show. I enjoy it. I feel like I'm going to rewatch it. Of course, again, done by Mappa. Listen to episode B A Fever Dream to really get into that. Anyway, I'm just going to run down the list real quick. First, uh, shows that are somewhat on standby that I uh, 
we'll get around to maybe maybe not but uh, we'll see when but i didn't write down the full name of this one but it's this show jodan which seems to be it's definitely inspired by uh lady snowblood and i think it kind of just openly kind of references that if you don't know lady snowblood if you've seen kill bill oren ishii lucy lu's character is based off of lady snowblood which is i think a 1960s or 70s revenge film japanese revenge film that tarantino based her character off of which is she wears a white kimono and goes to kill the men who I can't remember if they killed her family, but they essentially ruined her life, sexually assaulted her, those things. So Jodan is potentially is leading up to that. This chick has like demon powers or some shit. And her character isn't that interesting just yet, just as a person. Cause there's like, it's like the same thing with Mikasa from Attack on Titan. It's like, I get that you have emotional trauma, but it's like the male characters have emotional trauma and they still have personalities. And it kind of, of course, I need to see the background of the show, the creators, the studio, whatnot. I haven't gotten that deep, but she had these experiences. Now she expresses like no type of personality unless, you know, it's her little sister who she occasionally shows a shred of emotion for. Like, I fucking hate those kinds of female characters. And it's typically men who write women like that because it's like, yeah, tough women don't show emotions. Like, <laughs> stop it. <laughs> Just stop. We can do better. But the animation on that bitch I need to dive deep. I haven't really, I haven't really seen anybody other than people, you know, watch the show and were commenting on like Crunchyroll and whatnot. People haven't really talked about it. And again, I guess because the story and the character aren't that engaging, but the animation is fucking phenomenal. <laughs> like it's just beautiful. So that is really what has me invested in eventually finishing it. Um, Next up is Blue Period, which is about art. It's about a kid who decides to go to art school and or he's developing his skills to get into one of the top Japanese universities for art. And it just brings back nostalgic feelings for me um, of when I had originally wanted to do that and pursue art school and I was just psyched out of it. But um yeah, the main character is like a young delinquent-ish dude who hasn't really tried with anything. But when he makes art and really like gets in the art, it's like the most phenomenal experience for him. And yeah, I definitely want to watch it. And I think because it's a weekly or I don't know what the it's not like a full release on Netflix. It's episodic. So I don't know if it's still going. I, it, I don't think it should, but yeah, I definitely want to watch that for the inspiration, but there's just been other things that have excited me more. <laughs> K-On, which is an older anime from um, Kyoto Animation, which they also did Violet Evergarden, Violet Evergarden, which I started years ago and haven't finished. 
So these are two shows, women, woman focus, Kyoto Animation. I definitely want to learn more about them because they do make some really amazing shows and highlight female characters and like their moe style i guess it's like a moe-ish style but it's just it feels and it looks cute and of course the annoying moles complain about these kinds of things but you know i do want to like i want to finish kaon but then they took it off netflix so i am I've been leaning on, I'm more than likely going to get a Funimation subscription to watch it. And because there's just some other stuff that only Funimation's streaming service has that I want to watch. So then there's, I mean, so I'm also learning electric guitar because I do all this shit because I'm a multi-creative outside of just income and blah, blah, blah. That's just my purpose on this earth. What I came here to do and be and what I have chosen is I'm a multi-creative. I like doing lots of different creative things because it just influence. They all influence it. It creates a synergy. Like if your brain ain't designed for that, honey, it's not for you. It's a me thing. But like if you want to figure it out, you know, get your step your pussy up. Anyway, that's what I really like about K-On is it's slice of life. There's no the world isn't in danger. There's not all this bullshit it's not male character centered it's they're high school girls and they form a band and they just live their lives i guess i needed more stimulation which is why i didn't keep watching it but i did i did enjoy it i did laugh most episodes because i just i enjoy slice of life so definitely be talking about that then we get into violet evergarden I think, oh my God, it's been maybe three or four years since that first came out on Netflix. And I started it again. It was kind of like slower pace. And again, with the stoic female character who experiences shit. And it's just like understanding that in the framework of this story, of course, is important. But. I guess, yeah, that's what turned me off was that Violet lacks a personality from war, even though you have male characters who have been in war and they still have a full spectrum of emotion. It's really strange, but I'll dive into that. Next up is Keep Your Hands Off My Azoken, which explores essentially animation, the animators. It's from Science Saru. Science Saru has animated Ping Pong, Japan Sinks, Devilman Crybaby. I haven't seen Ping Pong, but the other two. I enjoyed the. <laughs> I'll talk about Japan Sing. It's kind of stupid, but it's dope. They have very experimental animation style, which is cool. And it's like these meta anime. Meta. Yeah, it's just like meta anime or manga where, like, if you've heard of Bakuman, which is this manga by the creators of Death Note, which is essentially about like these high school kids becoming manga artists, but you get to learn the industry and the process of creation. So keep your hands off my Azoken works the same, where it's three high school girls who get together. One of them's good at character design. One of them's good at coming up with machinery and world building. The other one's just really good with money. So she's essentially like their producer. And yeah, they're just in high school, but they form 
Azokin, which is a film club. So I was fascinated by that, especially because the animation basically makes their imaginations real around them. So it's like floating in this liminal space of they are in reality. It's not fantastical, but because they're creating these fantastical stories, it's in their heads and we get to see what they're imagining and like what their sketches and ideas come from that's manifested as if it's in reality, like in buildings or at school and all these things. And I think that's really cool. It's just, again, I guess I got turned. (laughs) I think it's not that I get turned off. It's just that if it doesn't pull me enough and it's just like a really laid back anime, depending on where I'm at, emotionally or like motivation wise or if I just come across a show that stimulates me more it just goes on the back burner for a little bit so that is that for the back burner anime that I'm definitely going to finish but then we have I recently started Jojo's Bizarre Adventure part four Diamond is Unbreakable I've I haven't I don't think I've yeah I haven't watched a full season of JoJo's. I've watched episodes here and there since, you know, part one, part two, and part three. And then I randomly just hopped into part five and part six when those episodes had dropped. So I guess I'll also be continuing part six. It's just I wasn't really into Jolene's story just yet. But for Diamond is Unbreakable... I'm really partial to it because I guess like the animation style, like it's by David Productions. They are, that's the animation studio for JoJo's and they are great at what they do. Um, it's just the way that part four is depicted also to kind of also because it reflects that Araki Hirohiko, the creator of JoJo's Bizarre Adventure, one of the, I think like one of the, I love seeing artists change up their styles and change up how they yeah change up their styles change up how they depict their characters and just see the evolution of their work and season four or diamond is unbreakable was like a turning point for the Jojo's art style and also story-wise it focuses on the town of Modio as opposed to a worldwide problem like what like what was what like what was reflected in the previous three parts with um those villains and it's just like the art style as well the use of colors and i'd watch some video get into diamond is unbreakable and the araki's mindset on his characters because in diamond is unbreakable there's all like just the color palettes change so much and Araki's style that he says is like he doesn't think of his characters like as a distinct color palette like when you watch a show or something there's a distinct color palette that's used whereas he's willing to just change their colors change things and just make it so jarringly different and visually just engaging I think it's cool and you know we got over the super dumb bucked up swole motherfuckers that they were for the past three seasons and they have more like normal people bodies like they still swole for high schoolers but they're not as dumb diesel as Jotaro was in part three because even he's like I guess because he's wearing a trench coat but he's not like 
dumb swole and even like the facial structure and the yeah just the lines are softer so i enjoy it and i really like josuke because i like his stand which is to heal things or repair things however the fuck he wants to depending on his mood and he gets all up in his feelings about his hair but Maybe it's also because his dad is Joseph Joestar. And Joseph is my favorite JoJo. Because part two, again, didn't watch all of it. I watched episodes here and there. I just really like JoJo, uh, JoJo or Joseph's personality because he's goofy. And again, I guess getting into like YouTube analysis videos and things. He's like... He's potential. I think he is the laziest JoJo, but it's like it's not even lazy. It's he works smarter, not harder. And then occasionally he be on fuck shit. Like that's why he has a. I think Josuke is maybe like sixteen or seventeen. I can't remember. He can't be no fifteen year old. He might. Oh my god. But he's essentially Jotaro's uncle. Jotaro's like in his thirties, and Josuke is. A fucking teenager. <laughs> and that's his uncle. Because Joseph had an affair. Even though he loves Susie Q, his wife. And she chewed his bitch ass out over it. But then he got Josuke mom wrapped up around his old whack ass. So I'm just curious to see where it goes. And then, yeah, the interesting thing about JoJo's is how it crosses over into element. It just, it's cross genre like it goes across different genres like yeah it's a shonen there's action but then there's mystery and then there's also horror and it's kind of like a thriller as well romance eh, a little sprinkled in but it's just i like what it, i'm picking up what Araki's putting down i'm i'm liking it so definitely that is what i started recently and i do plan to continue watching because visually I enjoy it. The opening song has entranced me. And again, I just like Josuke as a character. And I think that is ultimately what gets me drawn in is I do just like characters. I guess I love Josuke. Uh, there's characters that I kind of like. I like them. I be feeling them. But if they don't like compel me or amuse me with how their personalities are and their interests, I yeah, just kind of fall off. So, yeah, I like that. I just like Josuke because he's not a delinquent, but he can handle his shit. But he's just a he's a good kid at the end of the day. He's just he's a kid. He's a kid. But that's for what I'm currently watching that I picked up. That's not, you know, currently rolling out this season. And then in the world of manga, My Hero Academia is wrapping up more than likely by the end of this year. And I think season seven rolls out this fall or winter. I don't remember. But because the because season six had ended, or I think when season five, and I don't know, I was just all over the place. And I kind of just settled into reading the manga, especially like doubling down on it once season six ended. And that is ending this year. So they are at a crescendo with facing against the ultimate villain, all for one, and 
Shigaraki Tomura. And this last chapter. Ah, uh, man. Horikoshi Kohei, the creator of My Hero Academia. Excellent storyteller. Like, yo, this is just mental health, dick riding, whatever. There's so much emotion in this episode. But Horikoshi, I just love what he does. Because, like, the cliffhangers that he's been doing, like, this entire segment leading up to the end of My Hero Academia, he's great with these twists. And he's great with just, you know, expressing emotion. It's crazy I haven't done a My Hero Academia episode, actually, yeah. Because that shit, emotional heights. But, yeah, I am picking up what he's putting down. And I'm just excited. He's been... I don't know if he's like, yeah, I think he's like taking more frequent breaks. But as it goes, the harder creating is difficult. Creating is just hard. And then as you get closer to the end, it just, I don't, I don't even understand. Maybe I'll look into it because I do look into like the psychology and try to understand like why we get so weird about the things that we want to do or have to do. But, um... Yeah, he's been taking, like, frequent creative breaks. So I think he's been taking, like, a week off here and there or two weeks off. And I'm like, y'all, good on you, Horikoshi. Like, this shit's difficult. Don't burn out. Don't be going to the hospital like these old heads in early manga. I remember, like, years ago, like, yeah, 10 years ago when I was getting into art. And just, it was a part of the culture to just bleed for your work. And it's like, yeah, you can do that in, like, a blitz, in, like, a stint over a short time period but it is not sustainable you know that's why you have the fucking creator of hunter x hunter or hunter hunter and oda the creator of one piece he's still going but that nigga's been in the hospital (coughs) the creator of hunter hunter has had illnesses there's just been instances of just this overwork culture and aligning that with, a, with like mastery and masterful work. And it's like, nah, bruh, you could potentially still make the same thing, just being consistent, but not overdoing it. So, yeah, good on Horikoshi for taking care of himself. Last up is Tokyo Revengers, the manga. Again, haven't done an episode on Tokyo Revengers. When I started the, I ended up reading the manga because started watching the anime. Because what was coming on on Saturdays? It was like la- early last year when Tokyo Avengers rolled out. Um, I don't know why I started watching. I feel like there was something. Oh, because My Hero Academia came out on Saturdays. So I guess because they were on around the same time, and I was just curious, I started watching Tokyo Avengers. And I thought it was stupid. And of course, getting back to the moles, they started out bitching because the main character Takemichi or Hanagaki Takemichi is a trash fighter. It is a delinquent anime with time travel elements that have yet to be explained, even in the manga. But it's like these, they're middle schoolers. Some of them, of course, you know, the Shonen Diesel motherfuckers who 15 years old, picking niggas up and throwing them. I guess it happens when you're from the streets. <laughs> but, um, like, the main character can't fight worth a damn. 
but the main thing about him and i guess like the overall thing with shonen again is just not giving up and uh, like the main thing like my hero academia and tokyo your vent revengers both lean on is that nakama your like your your not your family just your friends and valuing them and truly valuing your friends and looking out for them and i think that yeah that's just really what resonated with me about tokyo avengers like again they're middle school i just like seeing soft boys i like seeing boys and men and just male characters have a full spectrum of emotions and express that they're scared that they can't handle or they they feel they can't handle something or they doubt themselves and then their friends are like there for them and look out for them and it's just that's kind of again like the thing with tokyo revengers is all of these they're gangs but like the main gang is like they look out for each other they're like best friends if somebody fuck with them, they're going to fight that nigga. But at the end of the day, they're still just teenagers. And yeah, I just really like uh, the characters. And once the season had ended, you know, hopped over to Manga Land and got sucked into that shit. They're currently in the last arc of Tokyo Avengers. And... Uh, it's just such a ride. I really just love these characters, especially Chifuyu. Everybody is a Baji stand. I'm not even gonna knock it. Baji, watch or read Tokyo Revengers, and you'll be feeling Baji. Like, can't be thirsting because this motherfucker's 15 years old. <laughs> love, love Baji, and then Chifuyu was like, I don't know. I guess because he and Chifuyu were like he was the captain of a squadron or division and the chief of you was his vice captain and they were bffs because they went to the same middle school or whatever and baji needed help getting out of school because i think he was repeating a grade or something and chief of you helped him out and they like shared a ramen and whatnot and it's just like yo i love like being an adult is i feel like there's so many complications that are made about having a friendship and it's like yeah you're older you have family and whatnot but it's just like it's those little things like sharing a bowl of instant ramen from a convenience store and just helping each other out in those little ways and just being there for them like chifuyu is a ride or die because he ends up looking out for takemichi and he become he ends up because Takemichi is actually like 23 years old and he ends up going back in time so he's like 12 or 13 so he's going back and forth in time to change that his middle school girlfriend and her brother got murdered so he ends up going back and forth in time to influence changes so that when he goes back to the present that they're alive and each time he goes in the past he ends up making a new connection and a new friend and a new ally and chifuyu aside from like he ends up telling his ex-girl or his girlfriend's younger brother nauta that he's from the future when and he's like you're gonna die and your sister's gonna die i don't want that to happen and then that ends up changing history because of that awareness but then he tells chifuyu in the past and Chifu is like, yo, man, fuck it, I'm with you. Like, there's only, 
I think it's just like this recent part of the manga where him and Chifuyu had like a brief falling out because of some fuck shit that Mikey did, who's like another gang member. But Chifuyu comes around, he's like, you know what? I'm with you. Like, I love that. It's just the characters are so loyal to each other. And just seeing that level of loyalty expressed and just consistent. And when Takemichi goes back to the present and he ends up being friends with the kids from when he was in middle school and they're all looking out for each other still and they're still devoted to each other love that shit like if you ain't for me man if you ain't got the level of loyalty we are not real friends that's just how it is man or it's just like it's that inner circle shit it's just that inner circle shit that level of just deep trust that you know no matter what you decide to do that nigga got your back i love that about tokyo revengers the fights eh, they're cool i like the outfits um the character designs occasionally like in the manga i be conf- i get confused and think some characters are certain characters but overall like in color it's fuego so other than that yeah that's just that wrap up and then the next section the last section covering anime is just what i am planning to hop into that you may be into or may be curious about all right the last segment of the anime bit before i move on to the shorter cannabis section (laughs) i am going over uh yeah this is relatively short of the shows that i plan to check out mainly that have just rolled out um i'm not talking about anything that's rolling out like jujutsu kaisen that new season or anything particularly i still want to see the league of legends film arcane something that's <laughs> on so netflix i feel like i'm gonna fuck up all these names i did not take the time to verify their actual titles but the league of legends movie show that's on netflix animation i heard the art for it um is amazing and just the overall story and everything and the characters i've heard positive things along with uh just what really stands out like i have a youtube video in my watch later list about watching arcane for doing portrait studies so yeah i'm curious about that i will throw that link in the show notes if you want to check that out especially if you're an artist or you're just curious next up is my dress up darling or i may have messed it up dress up my darling or whatever it is which is just about this girl cosplaying and some boy who like her cosplaying i think but i want to watch it um yeah i just saw the comments again like i think there was a clip of it on youtube on like um crunchy rolls youtube and the comments people losing their shit over it so i want to check it out slice of life weeby things definitely for the weeby things and then ranking of kings i hear is pretty dope so haven't really gotten into the specifics of it but again animation stunning storytelling and characters so i guess it's about this little kid becoming a king and whatnot and you know real life applications studying portraits dressing up doing what you like in in the maze you know 
rising to the throne as I am. You may too. And there are some films, I think Ride Your Wave and Weathering With You, they're on HBO Max. There's a lot of anime films on HBO Max. So I'm definitely, those are definitely on my watch list. And I haven't seen every Ghibli film. I want to rewatch Howl's Moving Castle as an adult because that, there's just been, I mean, I guess in my 30s, because I feel like I watched it when I was in college in like my early 20s. And it just seems to be like a resurgence of people who really fuck with Howl's Moving Castle. So I want to check that out. And I think it was like some Ariadne film. I don't remember the full name. But that was like another sleeper Ghibli banger. I don't know if Hayao Miyazaki was directing it. It's like the main Ghibli films that people be dick riding. It's not that they're bad. Like Princess Mononoke, uh, Spirited Away. Really like his films that he directed are the main ones that people will be feeling out. But Ghibli has made well over, I feel like they've made over 20 films. They've been in business since the 1980s, I think. So that's, yeah, a solid two, three decades of anime films. Um, and... Yeah, kind of just getting caught up on the Ghibli train, but just specifically those films are what come to mind. And I do want to see the film Bell, the Jujutsu Kaisen Zero movie is coming to theaters very soon, or it's already in theaters. So I do want to see that. Still haven't seen all the My Hero Academia films. So yeah, there's a lot on the list. I may or may not, depending on how my gambles go over the next couple of weeks may have time to watch all these things I am talking. I have talked about up until this point, like the entire anime anime section segment of this episode. So we'll see, but I'm looking forward to engaging with all this wonderful art and, um, telling you about it, recommending it to you, you know, we're all about top tier anime recommendations in non anime land. You know, I'm reading saga. I am gradually getting back into X-Men. I'm uh, when I was in the comic shop, I saw there was a lot of wonder woman, different wonder woman titles out. So I'm thinking of getting back into wonder woman and getting into some DC comics and getting caught up on maybe some more independent ones because I've just been out of the American comics loop. But I do love it. So getting, rekindling that relationship. And uh, what, video games? Still need to beat Final Fantasy VII Remake. Mm. I'm not going to get a PS5 <laughs> before the next episode so that I can play like the uh, inter- Integrate um, DLC or game with Yuffie. I have God of War, gonna play that. I've been getting an itching to get a start a new file of Final Fantasy 15. My old PS4 is broken, so I guess I'm gonna get that repaired. I didn't like I didn't. My f- save files are still on that PS4, so I hope to God when it's fixed that they don't wipe my saves and all that. Um, but there is like the King Edition that has everything and whatnot so i want to play that as well 
haven't beaten Sonic Mania. Shame, shame. But, um, yeah, I guess I, I have like a gaming backlog and like old gaming backlog, like beating Okami on my PS3, like the HD remaster, beating my files of Final Fantasy X and X2 and the international versions. Then learn not to be trash at Beautiful Joe. I still want to play Devil May Cry 5. So there's just a lot going on. Eventually, I do want to get a Nintendo Switch and play the new Bayonetta and play all the Bayonettas. So, yeah, that's the whole or that's not that is not the whole backlog. But that is what comes to mind. And yeah, looking forward to talking to you about it and talking about it during the live discussions on Twitter spaces. So make sure you follow Elena the Muse. Deep within the muse is an unending laneverse. It begins and ends with the madam. You can discover that side of me, the commercial artist, or really just the artist, who just wants to make shit and not think about the money things and taxes and business expenses. But alas, that is existence, but I will not surrender. In light of that, you can follow my development on personal projects such as Orange 91, which is my personal biannual anthology that features my character short stories and also contains illustrations of them. So it's very magical realism kind of deal and just being very experimental with my style, with the kinds of tools that I use to make art and just making a great storytelling experience as I built the foundation to having my shit animated. It's ultimately the goal. There are aspects of the Indo-Kanban that show up in the Laneiverse and on my platforms, namely on TikTok. But if you're curious about how my sweet dance moves break creative blocks and manifest the magic of all things needed in my universe in my place of this etheric realm hop on over to there at lane face on tiktok also instagram where i mainly just port shit um you can also connect with me on facebook if you can find that link somewhere <laughs> find me um not really that committed to facebook but youtube will be rolling out and rolling out monthly videos so just focusing on my creative business my creative project development and just my growth as a creator through and through without all the bells and whistles and noise and annoyance of society just as a being so hop on over to the links in again the show notes the Laneiverse will have a website by the end of summer 2022. But while you wait, you can check out some of my previous artwork and wares at laneware.com, which will also be developing over the course of 2022. I will meet you there. The art is personal, but you're welcome. Welcome. 
All right. Thank you for tuning into this last delectable 10th episode of season one of Faded Breaks. It has been a pleasure to inundate your eardrums and your brain and your soul with uh, my shenanigans, my ideas and inspirations that I hope inspire you as well. Um, as I've been saying repeatedly, make sure to follow me on uh, Twitter Spaces at Elaine the Muse. Go to the uh, show notes if you would prefer a direct link. Hop on there. Follow me. Turn on notifications, bro. Please share this podcast and also follow me on Instagram at Faded Lane, which is my business account. But I am using that as a content hub for my business and will be promoting the podcast there. So that is a prime opportunity to take the reels that I will be making and share them with the world and make your own. Take clips, do screenshots, do screen blah, 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 do whatever technology to express that you are part of the divine weaves of weeb that be repping faded breaks. I appreciate you taking the time out of your life to hang with me and get into this fantastical shit and learn about new products get a little bit of cannabis education in there and yeah again follow me on social media go to show notes click links share links share content let me know what you think don't be a dickhole about it because we ain't doing no corny unhealthy motherfuckers ever in life so if you spend this much time you don't like this oh my god I'm just like, yo, the internet and people are just so weird. But to those who have enjoyed every moment and have been with me from the beginning, or you just recently got hip to it and you've been feeling all these episodes, thank you. Thank you and thank you. It is always a pleasure for people to stick it out with me and have a good time. So, that said, I will be in your eardrums with these episodes in about three weeks and on Mondays and maybe some other days throughout the week but certifiably Mondays in the evening I will be hosting spaces where we can talk about anime cannabis other nerd media and whatnot if you hear any companies that you like let them know and just keep bumping them and I will be joining you on an ether real break march 7th at 11 08 a.m eastern standard time bye bye